There's power in a trucking on a hill above the sea. Power in the voice of a supporter. But it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer. In this week's pod, we have a lot to get to. Of course, we have two matches coming off two matches, two losses. We're not going to be too down in the pits over those, though. Uh, We have a a bus trip coming up for this away trip to Orange County, um, and we have other supporter group business to get to. But before we do, like to introduce our producer john cross john how are you tonight uh i'm doing very well except i'm trying to multitask a couple of things and i kind of butchered the opening there so i apologize for that well you know what i wasn't going to say anything i thought it sounded (laughs) great okay um we do have a guest tonight uh mr brandon rodriguez uh joining us brandon what's going on what's going on so are you are you joining us from the the wilds of, of Riverside County? I am. I am. I can practically hear and uh, Mr. Underwood, who works just five minutes away from me. So fun fact. So, so like Alan, you make the uh, arduous trek via a covered wagon from Riverside to San Diego every week or every week or so for these games. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Except this, this year I haven't gone to a game, unfortunately. So I'm still not been to a game. So I, um, well, well, I don't want to, I don't want you to beat yourself <laughs> up general, about it. Yes. Uh, for those listening and watching, um, Brandon has been here from the start. Uh, he has come down from Riverside for just for, for watch parties. So um, Brandon is, is a, a true, a true local and um, we're, we're glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So we're going to switch things up a little bit this week on, on the podcast. We kind of been talking about it. Um, we want to get all of the uh, supporter group information out uh, at the top of the pod before delving into the last week's game since I tend to just ramble and talk and, and, and sidetrack. Uh, we're going to try to get all of the important information that you need to you in this first part of the show. So what we're going to do is talk a little bit about um, the latest in the uh, supporter group. So, John, what is the first uh, agenda item, sir? Well, you're very lucky tonight. We don't have too many news items to get out that aren't directly related to the game. So one of them, I just heard this evening from Kevin Joseph that there is a new Supporters Gaming League starting up another season. That's going to start May 22nd. So that's our Rocket League team. And he is looking for more people 
to join. They want to try to run two teams. So those of you who didn't follow last time, we had a pretty good run in the second division of the Supporters Gaming League. They made it all the way to the finals uh, and then lost a tough best of seven match um, against the team that eventually did get promoted. But if you are interested in playing Rocket League, please contact Kevin Joseph. You can contact him through Discord at kdoughboy or on Twitter at doughboy767. And he will be more than interested in hearing from you to see if we can run two teams this year instead of the one that we had. So that's so, that's our big news that's not tied to games. So, so Kevin is a, a prior guest on the Loyal Locals podcast. Uh, a couple of times. John, can you tell people just a little bit uh, this gaming league, is it a huge time commitment? Is it during working hours? When do they play these games? How are they scheduled? And what is asked of, of people who who are playing? Well, I don't know the full commitments, so you'll want to talk to Kevin. But they many of their matches typically happened on a Tuesday night last time. But really what happens is when you're scheduled against an opponent then you work together with that opponent to figure out which time works best for your team and their team, and then you play. So sometimes they play on a Thursday, sometimes on a Wednesday. But a lot of times, if they were playing on Tuesday nights, then the group that runs the league, they will um, broadcast the matches on Twitch. So there were quite a few of the matches. And and if not, a lot of times Kevin would just broadcast it through his Twitch channel. Um, but other than that, I don't know if there's any other get-togethers or meetings or practices, um, or you know, you just practice on your own. I don't know. Like do your own own time of putting in. Um, but that was typically it is a match a week during the season, and the season, I think they had six teams in their league last time around, so you know, roughly a five to six week commitment and then playoffs. Great. Brendan, do you play Rocket League? Um, Very often. No, not very often. Are you, I are you need lot, a lot of practice. Are you not a big gamer or that's just not your game? No, I, I used to play a lot when it first came out uh, back when I was in college. And then kind of that specific game kind of dropped off and I just focused on FIFA. Um, and if you would have asked me even a year ago, um, I probably would have said I can probably be anyone in FIFA. Now with a, with a daughter, I do not play anymore. <laughs> so that commitment is out the door. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, playing games and commitment, there is also, uh, we are still looking for anybody interested in playing five on five actual soccer this is not with a controller this is with your feet and legs john what do you know about this 5v5 tournament yeah this is something that's done in association with the sd loyal so on the um our next home match which would be the 13th there's going to be a 5v5 tournament down on one of the lower fields there at uc or sorry usd and then if you're not a season ticket holder and you participate in this, you do get a ticket to the match for that evening. 
And I'm not aware of us having a locals team, but someone didn't mention on one of the pods before they thought that Chavos was getting a team together. And I forgot to ask anybody at the last match to see if they were putting a 5v5 team together. So I don't know if that's accurate, but if anybody is putting a team together, I'm going to be, if I know there's a team, I'm going to be bringing my camera out. I'd like to get some shots and do a little filming. So let me know if you are putting a team together and you are participating in this. Now, uh, participation is, I think, in my opinion, key to uh, enjoying your supporter group experience. And uh, a major part of this supporter group experience is our bus trips. Uh, This Saturday, the locals are going on tour up the, the five, Interstate 5, all the way to the County of Orange, and the Great Park in Irvine, uh, formerly uh, El Toro Marine Corps Air Station. But now it's an awesome soccer field and soccer stadium. And uh, that will be departing on Saturday at 4 o'clock at Balboa Park. So um, if you have your tickets, I think the bus is sold out. It was close to sold out last I heard. Do you know, John? It, I believe it sold out within about somewhere between 48 and 72 hours. It oh, was, man. we announced it on Tuesday night's pod. Actually, I think it was sold out on Thursday. So um, it went very, very fast, those tickets on the bus. I don't know if there are any tickets on the Royals buses because they have two buses for season ticket members. Um, but I also heard that something at the section, the full section itself was close to selling out. So oh, I know man. I bought a ticket. I'm driving myself up and I bought a ticket. And if you purchased a ticket like through the team or you did your arrangements through there, you contacted Barbie, whatever avenue you went, you should have received that ticket today or should have received an email to get that ticket. Now, Orange County does Ticketmaster, so you'll have to have a Ticketmaster account to have that ticket. But the ticket should have been set up to be transferred to you this afternoon. So, Andrew, I know you're going. Did you get your email? I got my email. I'm all set up and ready to go. Well, let me let me tell you, John. I'm sitting here uh, 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 questioning. My, I know how you check your email. <laughs> I uh, have not actually uh, purchased my game tickets. I did get the bus ticket right away, but I do not have tickets for the game yet. Um, <laughs> it sounds like I should probably do that. Uh, pretty you should quickly, probably get on that, <laughs> considering I'm bringing two other people with me. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna write that down on my. Uh, my little uh, do not forget pad here. Uh, o C tickets. Okay, I've written it down. Um, I go will ahead. have tickets to the game. And if not, I'll just buy the tickets and I'll just go to the section because uh, they don't check. So it's it'll be well, fine. I was, was going to say that was going to be my other point. <laughs> if you were thinking about going... And even though the block that the Royal has purchased from Orange County, that Section 13, even if that gets sold out, I don't think the match is a sellout. I don't know how close it might be, but you could probably still arrange to buy a ticket directly through Orange County, through any one of their sections. And, you know, I'm sure we could make room if you wander over. Oh yeah, it's a a welcoming section. Uh, you know, any anybody's welcome to come. Uh, the last away informal away trip we did in Phoenix, 
we had Phoenix fans in our section cheering for Loyal. It was great. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have that same experience in Orange County, but uh, it's uh, a welcoming environment to everybody um, pretty much. <laughs> and, yeah. And last thing about the tickets. When you get your ticket, it will have a row and seat assignment. My understanding is we're going to treat it like 109 and some of the other sections. It's going to be general admission um, that you just you come in and grab a spot. I'm sure most of the 109 regulars will be down towards the front. And some of the people who don't typically sit in 109, they tend to sit higher up in the section. Uh, but it's it's from my understanding, it's open seating for the entire section. So don't worry about your that your ticket has a seat and row assignment let me, on let it. Let me make it. Let me make a, a. Let me give a little sales pitch. Okay, let's say that you have season tickets in those high back chairs over there, uh, the the bougie tickets. You always sit down during the game. You have a nice. You 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 sip champagne and and whatever they give you over there. Let me just say, if you're coming to this game and you're going to be uh, in this section, do yourself a favor and just come on down. Come on down and stand and get some of this experience. You're on the road. Nobody, nobody knows you. You can, you can, you can just let it all, let it all out. Uh, nobody's going to judge you. Um, it, this is what the away, the away experience is all about. Um, now for the locals bus i don't know about the team bus i know that is the like uh that's the quieter bus i i I think they uh they they pull the shades put your eye eye shade on and have a a, a nap on the way up the road but on the party bus we are going to be leaving uh from balboa park so there are two stops and i think anybody who probably got a ticket is aware of this but I'll just reiterate. So inspiration point, this is that, uh, the veterans museum parking lot, the huge parking lot in Balboa park. You can't miss the bus. You can't miss all the people wearing, uh, orange and green. Uh, that bus will leave at, at four o'clock on Saturday. Um, that is earlier than the team bus is leaving. And, an uh, hour earlier. And the, uh, North County pickup is in Birmingham Park and Ride, which is a uh, on the coaster. Uh, that is at 4.30 p.m. So two locations, Balboa and uh, where is Birmingham? Is that in Encinitas? Is that in Carlsbad? I don't know. I'm not from East uh, North County. I don't know what where that is. <laughs> I, I can't help you specifically, but... It's, I'm it's assuming that people there. in North County who are going to get on that bus know exactly where that is. So I can't get into specifics. I don't know about any veterans museum up there. I know that's the Balboa one though, but that's the, that's the schedule. That's the plan that will be uh, this Saturday. And uh, we're, we're heading into this uh, uh, phase of the season where we're going to be on the road a lot. Uh, we're going to be getting into a lot of, uh, 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 watch parties in the next several weeks uh, without uh, all of the, the crunch of home games that we've had so far. So we'll keep you up to speed on where, you know, where we're going to be going for these watch parties. But uh, this Orange County match is big because we are coming off, coming off a loss um, and we really need the points. We need a little bit of 
of uh, positivity going in to the this stretch of the season. Um, and we will we'll talk a little bit about Orange County on the back end, but I do want to uh, rewind things just a little bit because we're coming off a week in which we saw Loyal lose two games, uh, but one of which was an absolute thriller. Uh, Brandon, did you watch the Open Cup match last Wednesday against the Sounders of Seattle? There was no way I was going to miss that. So for those who do not know, I was actually in Costa Rica for the last uh, week and a half. I came back on Saturday night. And so I was in the jungle. I got my handy-dandy T-Mobile phone, which was not T-Mobile over there. And I was able to watch the game. And when you say thriller, it really was a thriller from beginning to end. We saw highs, we saw lows. And unfortunately, we didn't make it to uh, the very end. But you cannot say that it was not entertaining. It was absolutely entertaining. Well, maybe not the first 20 minutes. <laughs> Those were pretty frustrating. Probably the first 45 <laughs> minutes, by my, by my <laughs> estimation. Um, yeah, it was tough. You know, gosh, I, I, I'm not a sports analyst and I don't know. I mean, I barely know what I'm talking about when I do know what I'm talking about, but these guys, it looked like they were just not ready for the moment from, from the go, uh, just sloppy, sloppy passes, um, giving, Seattle chances and this was not so Seattle's like a first place in the West in MLS. This was not their first team right. Had a backup keeper, some rotation in the back line. Uh, you know, they were uh, featuring and starting some players who would come up from uh, Tacoma defiance, which is their, uh, their second team. So this was a rotated squad, but boy, uh, it, did not look like the San Diego loyal we are used to seeing. And that did not have a whole lot to do with the play of Seattle. In my opinion, what did, what did y'all think? I would agree with that. I, I think they finally stepped it up and there were decent stretches of that match where we looked the better team on there. And we just, we had some things that we couldn't, just couldn't capitalize i mean we had the opportunity for a goal like right off the bat right off the bat which i'm sure would have really changed things but to go down the way we went down i i think a lot of people felt like here we go we we didn't show to have them come back the way they did and feel like they fought all the way to the end because frankly there have been times where i felt like we we pass ourselves to death you know, and we we don't make much forward progress. And this looked like a game where we, I, I felt like we could win this game. You know, even all the way to the very end, even after they scored in overtime, I thought like we're we're still on the front foot here. We we can make something happen. I never felt, I never felt like we were out of it, which was probably sure. Even with the loss and the way it ended, which I don't even want to get into the way it ended, but you know, even with the way it ended. I, it was fun to be able to support and follow a team that you felt was always in it and always had a chance all the way to the end. So my whole thing about it 
we saw rotation from Seattle, obviously. Um, but we also saw rotation the, the game before the Seattle game with Loyal bringing in a lot of players that haven't been starting, haven't been playing a lot. What was interesting to me was why wasn't our full starting 11 playing or starting the game? Well, because we rotated our squad too. Yeah, we, we it, it almost seemed we like rotated. We, we were resting players for the game on Sunday, uh, previous before Seattle, and then we go to Seattle, and this is a must-win game for the brand, for our team, for USL, and yet we're not starting. You know, we had to bring on Ronaldo, Ronaldo and uh, uh, Conway oh. halfway. The, so our starting our starting time. our starting strikers were were on the bench. If you're just catching up on things, uh, we saw starts uh, from. Uh, oh my gosh, now I'm going to blank on this. So yeah, Damus and, and and Conway did not start, and and they have been uh, paired up at the top. But uh, we saw the uh, y'all got to help me out because I'm totally Paris. Yes, <laughs> we saw Perez, Paris who. Who scored in the in the game previous? Who who mm-hmm. had the only goal in in that game uh, against? Uh, I mean, the only was it the only goal? I'm forgetting things now. It was uh, New Mexico, if I'm correct. One New one. Mexico. I'm thinking about Tampa Bay still, but that was the previous one. Right. So Perez gets a start, um, and you know it. It's one of those things that you see in, in soccer where coaches you know trying to be clever but maybe they got a little too clever and if it works it's great and if it doesn't everybody says you should have known better um but you know the the thing that's and i'm i'm only talking about the first half right now because the second half was i mean a different game and an all-timer at that so i'm only talking the first half here you know, you really start to see some of those, uh, those, and, and there's not a big gulf in quality in these players in, in these different divisions, but there's just, just on the margins, you know, Seattle's passes are just a, a, a little more accurate. They're just a little more yeah, in the right spot, right? Where our passes are a little, they're getting intercepted a little more frequently. And that's not to say that, Loyal didn't look to be the more aggressive team in the first half because despite the score, they they did. They controlled the run of play. But you, you see just, just that little gap in class um, from the, these levels. And it, it, it's not always enough to, to equal a win. But in that first half, it really, it really showed. Um Especially this first goal, which I know I know we want to talk about the good goal and the fun goal and the incredible, uh, but I've got to talk about this first goal because first goal Seattle scored. Yes, uh, so yeah. uh, running it back just a little bit, Nick Moon with a very obvious penalty, uh, sliding basically from behind, it doesn't even come close to the ball. Uh, trips the the Seattle attacker, and it's such a blatant penalty that everybody on loyal stops and they're just like, "Okay, where's the whistle?" And, and Seattle comes up, and the other player just kicks it right into the goal. Like, 
gold. Like we, they all froze, and like I don't know, cocaine. Like it was like the I don't know if you have a Mac, but the little pinwheel that spins. Right. <laughs> like you could see the pinwheel over everybody's freaking heads as they like waited for a reaction to load, and it just it didn't happen. That was very hard to watch. It was like watching elementary school age soccer. It was, I mean, the announcer said it, everybody said it. I'm sure they recognized it immediately. Like there is the, just that, the brain fart right there. And then like the realization, and I'm sure, you know, they, they all know, I mean, I don't want to get on anybody's case, but it just looked, it looked amateurish. I mean, grade school level, bad by more than one player like you said pinwheels over multiple people's heads it wasn't just one person but i agree i think it was such an obvious penalty <laughs> i don't think anybody people probably just thought the whistle had blown even though they hadn't heard it mm-hmm. i know you say play to the whistle but that was like i don't know you probably thought you just missed it accidentally and it was too late when she realized the whistle didn't actually go you know it's it's funny because as soon as uh, Nick Moon makes that tackle. You actually see Koke Lake saying, leave it, leave it, I got it. But then Kyle Adams kind of like stands over it and just ball watches. So I think that, you know, tr- probably triggered Koke to like, oh, I guess we're doing a penalty. Koke, um, that w- might have been the worst uh, game Koke's had in a, in a loyal jersey. And he's had such a great season. He's, he's I mean, he has. I would have called it a breakout season. Um, you know, before this match, uh, we saw just a couple of just flubs. I mean, there was one where he kind of played the ball with his feet, and it, it, he it almost went in the goal. There was uh, there was the goal where he he kneeled down and tried to catch the ball, and it ended up just deflecting right into the right into the net. Uh, just I, I want to ask you about that because I watched the replays a bunch of times and it looks to me although no one has said it so maybe i'm this is wishful thinking on my part but it looks to me like it just nicks stoneman's heel as it comes through and alters the ball just slightly and if that's the case then i can see you know maybe maybe i'm trying to save face for coke (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it it does look to me because it kind of goes through stoneman's feet like he just possibly nicked it just enough that as it was coming through, then it was not going where Koke thought it it was. It brings me no joy to say this, but even if it deflected off his heel, you have to be on top of that ball. I mean, you cannot play it. I mean, it looked lazy. It looked like a lazy play on the ball. That's the eyeball test. You you have to be aggressive on that thing. Well, see, I agree with you, Andrew. Koke uh, has had an amazing season so far besides this game and maybe a little bit of this last game against El Paso. But if we look at the first three goals from Seattle, we have the brain fart. We have the cross that Koke actually gets his fingers to. And uh, why that wasn't either punched or fully grabbed or... Even if, I don't know, something. Um, I don't want to blame Koke because I really do love the guy. But come on, those are three goals. I feel even even if you say uh, it got nicked 
and went to the back of the net. I feel like if we ask Tony, if you're a goalie and you go with your knee down, yeah. you're, you're trying to block that near post, that entire near post. Like you're just going to grab right. it. So I, I feel like we need to get a opinion from Tony um, in here, but, <laughs> but yes, those first three goals, uh, not good for, for Koke. Um, and um, the fourth goal in extra time, I mean, it was a, nothing he can do about it. It was just it was we'll, we'll get to uh, extra we'll, time. We'll get, we'll get to extra we'll get. time. But now we can talk about the second half because, and this is where I wanted to rearrange the show uh, a little bit because this second half, these changes that were made in the second half, I was, I for one was actually, I was sitting here on my couch. I did not go to fair play which was a bad call on my part, but I was the same. I could not understand why uh, I, I understood that all of the changes, except for Adams going out for, for Javi. And that question in my mind only lingered until a few seconds after the whistle, because it was obvious from his play that Xavi was Xavi was there to get something done. And uh, I think of all the, I mean, we'll talk Joe Corona because he's the one that put the ball in the net, but uh, that kid's play in that second half, uh, you know, I, I, I was sold. I was sold on, on him as a player, what I saw from him, the effort and the aggressiveness and his composure on the ball. Uh, that kid was ready for the moment. And uh, it was really, really great to see. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that was quite the revelation in that game. A little surprised that he came on at halftime when I heard his name and they made the sub, but haven't got to see him too much this year. You know, I didn't I didn't see enough of his play in the Open Cup just for what I was doing during the Albion match. Um, so I, I didn't get to see a lot of the play on the field. And unfortunately that wasn't a game to be able to go back and rewatch afterwards. Yeah. And we were, so, we were all behind the net, so you can't, yeah. I mean, we're, we're field level behind the net. You really right. can't evaluate how people are playing with that perspective. So this is my first time this year to really see him play. And it was the, he has grown. He's, he's not only grown in height, but in just maturity, his play, everything. I really hope we get to see some more of him moving forward this season. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I want him. I want him in a, in a, in a starting rotation. I feel like he's ready for, for real, for real minutes. And, and uh, that showed, in that open cup match, because even if Seattle had rotated uh, those players that they rotated are, are those are MLS players. It's not like uh, right. it, it's not like they rotated in a bunch of bums from, from uh, you know, Bremerton or something like <laughs> it was, uh, it was quality talent. And, and it, it, he really, in my opinion, showed that he can, he can play with anybody in USL. You know, I um, you mentioned not being at fair play and how that was a mistake, and I agree. I watched it at home. I didn't want to go and part of the feeling because it is a bit of a drive for me to get to fair play. I thought, you know, they're playing an MLS team. I don't know. I'm probably gonna be irritated. I don't want to drive home after the match. I'm just gonna watch it at home. Um, 
But I know there are a lot of other people who weren't at Fair Play, but there were a few. I do have a clip if you want me to go through that. Let's 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 do it in a narrative form. I, I, and, I, and I'm so and I'm sorry. not sure which goal this is because I think this might be Kyle Adams. Goal That's the, let's let's one. let's hold off on that because before Kyle Adams scored that goal, Joe Corona scored on a free kick. Yeah, and had Charlie not scored that goal. We'd all be talking about this Joe Corona free kick because that was a world class free kick. Brandon, you, did you watch it from uh, from Costa Rica? I did, and uh, it was nighttime and everyone was asleep, so it was it was very hard for me to stay quiet. But yes, I was running around. I got up and out of bed and ran around for a little bit. But uh, it was, what an exciting, exciting goal! I think uh, in these last three seasons, we've seen. Not the best free kicks, not the best deliveries. The uh, set plays, set plays. Period. We have, we have, uh, we have shit both sides of the bed on on set plays. We've given up mm-hmm. goals, and then we do not score goals on set plays. And this season, uh, it, we are seeing something different there. Uh, Joe Corona, all class. Uh, so he had scored in, in that PK on the questionable handball, but. You know, he scored on the on the PK. Uh, the score at the time of this was 3-1. He puts this free kick in that top corner of the net. The goalie can't get to it. Now we're 3-2. And it is a slugfest uh, from there. And what do we what do we get um, in the dying embers? But uh, a mad scramble, uh, loyal is attacking. Uh, they're not breaking through. Uh, we're all just kind of waiting for the ref to blow the whistle. Y- you hope that they're going to get one more shot. There's, 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 there's an attack and, and it fizzles and, the, and Seattle gets the ball and people are in the discord saying, well, that's it. That's game. And then they make one more attack. The ref doesn't blow the whistle. Uh, the ball gets sent in. It gets sent out. And it is just rolling back out of the box. And because of the camera angle, you don't see, you do not see Kyle Adams coming. But all of a sudden, he's there at full speed. And this ball, he it comes off of his foot. And I don't know what I don't know what laws of physics it was following, but it seemed to like Kiwi laser. It seemed to like hover at ground level. And then as it approached the goal, it, sw- it hockey sticked up into the, it, it was the most incredible uh, trajectory. Uh, I, I think that's just the power in which he hit it. And that ball, that ball just scorches the back of the net. And uh, John, I think you have a, a clip of the reaction at fair play. Yeah, I believe this is after the Kyle Adams goal. And this comes from uh, two balls and a mic. So I'm going to see if I can get it queued up with audio and everything. So give me a second here. All right, let's see if that plays. Yes. So, 
Uh, there at the end of regulation, tied at 3 3. Uh, we go to extra time and extra time. I don't want to dwell on extra time, but um, uh, they score. Shabby uh, appears to get hurt. He has to come out. Simba comes in, and uh, it's it's uh, another set play. It's a corner. Uh, he gets his head on the ball just the right way and scores. Once again, we are at the dying moments of the game, and I, I think there's a few minutes left at that point, but, uh, you know, there's a – this is the other kind of last, I think, topic of discussion for this match. Uh, Seattle's attacking. The ref mysteriously has not blown – the game dead yet, and uh, somebody just finds himself in bad position, and he's going for the ball, but the Sounders player kind of trips over him, and the ref, uh, knowing that we are moments away from a penalty shootout, decides that this is the moment to make the game about him, and pulls out, uh, he doesn't card Simba, but he does point to the spot, giving Seattle that uh, penalty kick that pretty much seals the deal. Uh, so either one of y'all, was that a penalty? I, I have no comments. I'm going to give that to Brandon. No, you know, it's hard. Um, I think from a pure sport perspective, it was just really bad timing, but we, we did get that very lucky penalty ourselves so oh yeah but that wasn't at the the last uh, yes, moments yes. of a yeah i know it's it time. Just, that's it was just unfortunate timing but i think it was just karma that's that comes along just slaps us across the face but the the i think the point for me is we can dwell on that mistake from the ref or mis- mistake um but we should have honestly put it away and we had the uh, Charlie Adams miss in the first two minutes. We had the mistake. We had three mistakes. If we're honestly looking at all the goals, we probably should have easily won two or three nothing. But it is what it is. Um, it was just a terrible, terrible ending. <laughs> I was so mad. Um but again, it was an entertaining game. Highs, lows, everything, right? We have both center defenders that redeemed, that made a mistake and scored a goal. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to be mad. And especially I can't be mad at my, you know, my team. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was frustrated for about 30 seconds. I mean, deeply angry at that. But when I sat back and thought about one, I was like, I don't know how any of us think of for our chances at penalty kicks based on the way how we've taken penalty kicks over the last four years. But I was thrilled to death that we, even with a rotated squad, we took an MOS team, you know, all the way. To, it was a wild game. If you were a neutral, that was a fun game to watch. It was a crazy game to watch. And for them to come back after such a poor opening performance and really be on the front foot for a lot of the game, it just made me proud. I More than anything, when I thought back about it, as, as frustrating as it is, and as much as I'd like to move on the Open Cup, I think, to me, that's kind of a defining moment in our history of a club. We, we didn't win, but it was a game where we showed so much potential 
And I, I don't know how much time we have to really get into the El Paso match and stuff, but, you know, I was very disappointed in our follow-up <laughs> to it with the El Paso match for as, as excited as I was, even in a loss, with how we how we finished that game compared to how we started it. You know, it it, it does show you a lot of the, the character, and I think from the neutral's perspective, like, you come away being like, oh, this team can fucking play. Like, like this team ain't fucking around. Like, this team can, this team can ball. Uh, they, you know, they responded in such a way that, you know, they didn't melt down. They didn't give up. They didn't start uh, getting red cards. They, you know, they, they fought through and really, you know, uh, showed everybody what they can do. You know, they can deliver these moments. You know, Joe Corona can give us a, a free kick, a world-class free kick. You know, uh, Kyle Adams can, can absolutely freaking put a rocket in his boot and, and deliver uh, a, a goal that I think was better than, well, oh, this was tough. Well, given the moment, uh, so Guido had a goal on the Sports Center top 10 last season that was absolutely incredible. But I think the Kyle Adams goal blows that one out of the water, given, given the moment. Um, and yeah, you come away, you don't like the ref making that call. Uh, I, I know that a penalty is a penalty, whether it's in the fifth minute or the 95th minute, but um, that's actually not true. Like that's true, but it's not true, right? The ref has discretion. The ref lets fouls go all game long. The ref, that's part of being a ref. That's part of the game is that you exercise discretion and not every single foul is called. Even not every penalty is called, you know, they, they let people play. They let them get away with things. And I, I think usually you do not want to, you know, make a decision that is going to drastically affect the outcome of a match. And that's why I think the, 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 the questionable handball that we benefited from is in a different league than this foul from, from Simba, that it was not, it was incidental contact, like you would say, like in the NBA, right? Like it was kind of incidental contact. Uh, both players are going for the ball. It, 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 you know, do you blow your whistle and 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 give Seattle the, a PK when uh, just a moment earlier you were about to blow the match over? Like, I, I say no. I, I don't think you call that. Um, but yeah, coming out of it. The it was all positives, really, uh, apart from these little things that we've right. been nitpicking on. And so you mentioned we did have another game on Saturday, finally a night game after two yeah. uh, two day afternoon games, which I've complained about at length on this podcast and to anybody who listened to me. Um, but you know, I wish I could offer something about this El Paso game, but, you know, I play drums and, uh, you know, I was just not paying attention to the game. I was in 109 playing the drums. Uh, we had some kids in there and I was kind of rotating the kids, letting them play my drum and, and having fun in the section and not paying a whole lot of attention to the game. I didn't even realize we'd lost until it was already over. I was like, Oh, we, we lost. When did, when did they score? Like I, I just, 
wasn't paying attention, which is something that can happen in, in the supporter section, believe it or not. So um, I'm, I'm leaving it to y'all to, uh, to opine on the El Paso match. Yeah, I... Uh, go ahead, Brandon. No. I was going to say, um, I had to, I watched it on TV or at least watched the replay when I got back home. Um, it is one of those frustrating matches, right? Uh, coming off an amazing uh, game against Seattle. The first goal um, was a deflection, deflects off Kyle Adams. You know, again, he was in the center of it. Um, it just nicks off his uh, foot, goes over Koke, goal, right? Nothing really anyone can do. That's just a game sometimes. Um, but my whole thing is, our back line is looking very, very sloppy. These last few games, they've looked very, very sloppy. Um, besides the Seattle goals that, in my opinion, shouldn't have counted if we were just not <laughs> mistakes. Um, the two goals that El Paso had this game, uh, one lucky deflection and then the second one, I wanted to ask you guys, because uh, this is an observation that I've been having, Kyle Adams, as amazing as he is, I don't think he's very good one-on-one. Um, I, The way I see him play, he often boxes up against the defender, and it's just an easy one-two pass around. Kyle giveth and Kyle taketh away. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So he kind of just boxes up. He's a big guy. He boxes up and squares himself, and I think that's just an easy way, like pass, pass, and that's the second goal for El Paso. Pass, 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 shoot. And uh, another, uh, I think we need to ask Tony again, is Koke in the wrong for the second goal? It was right at him. Um, it, it just kind of, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we need a, a perspective uh, from a goalie because it was, they, the defense kind of just didn't track back. They didn't get their man Kyle kind of you know squares up pass pass and then all of a sudden we don't have a back line it's just a completely open shot uh right in front of Koke so but we also got to see Tumi time so yeah that was a plus that was a nice goal up for goal of the week by the way but I to you know, Andrew, you kind of asked, and I, I do filming during the game, as, as a lot of people know, so I don't always watch all of it as well. I'm in a not quite the same boat as you, but a similar boat, like where you're busy drumming. Sometimes I'm busy going around filming and I miss things. And I, I think I think supporting a USL team is is challenging at times. I know Max and Dylan in their postgame show were, were pretty hard on the club, thought it was one of their worst performances. And I know Max had asked me right before they were recording, and I didn't necessarily feel it was one of our worst performances, but I think, Andrew, you had mentioned this, how there is just a, the Seattle team when we played them, even though they were rotated, they're just crisper. They're just a little bit of a step above. I mean, it's why they're in USL, right? They're they're not playing on a major league soccer team or somewhere else. And I think a lot of times in games, like we had that scramble in front of the goal that that I don't know how the ball doesn't go in in that situation, which would have changed the dynamic of the game. But I also think to go to what Brandon was saying, I think there's been many times our back line has been exposed all year long 
but we haven't been punished for them. Right. And I think that happens a lot in USL that gives you maybe sometimes overconfidence in how your team played because you win 2 1. You're like, wow, yeah, we were really on top of our game. Or you lose and you're like, God, we were horrible. But I mean, I guess you could say about any level of soccer, right? The teams that take their chances. But I, I feel like we had our chances. We didn't take them. And we certainly gave some, especially that second goal. Like we gave, like, they looked like they just carved us open. I mean, that was, and we got punished for that that time. But you just, at the USL level, you don't always get punished for those mistakes. So I, you know, I've seen, I, when we played Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay had some good looks, but they just couldn't, couldn't make I mean, that final we pass. We only or beat Tampa connect. because they made a mistake. <laughs> That's... Right. I, so I think, you know, I mean, Again, when it comes down to every game, I, I guess you could make the argument it's the team that capitalizes on the mistakes. Right. And, right. Uh, we, we we didn't in that game, but also that game I didn't feel I didn't feel like I felt in the Seattle game, and that's really what I wanted out of the El Paso game. I wanted to feel that same feeling, win or lose. Like that team was, they were gonna fight and be there till the very end, and it just felt like a a weak, tired performance. And maybe they are. I mean, they played a lot of games, right? You know, I, I don't want to make excuses for the club and injuries are part of the game, but, you know, we're, we are feeling Ebby's injury and his absence in the, in the back line. Um, you would like to see, you know, as we bolstered our attack, our forwards, our strikers, you would like to see a similar, uh, jump in quality on the back line. Yeah, I, I wish we had some dominant, you know, uh, center back back there who is just, uh, you know, a, a brick wall. Um, but you know, it, it's like the it's like with the Padres. It's like it's 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 you know it's April. It's May. Like I'm not too worried about the end of the season right now. And. and these matches, while it's frustrating to, to drop points at home, um, I, I want to mention Dylan did say in the in the chat uh, their second goal was uh, we weren't tracking their their runners, so that's probably exactly true, right? Like that's you know you get complacent, you know it, it, it's a long match, but you got to play every minute of it. Um, I don't know. I'm not too down on losing this match. Um, I'm not that. Uh, I don't feel like it's a sign of problems to come because, you know, we've seen this with past squads where it's like we think our defense is bad, but as long as we can keep scoring goals, it's pretty good. And I do want to shout out uh, Tumi Moshibani because I feel like the last three matches, he has just really stepped up and it doesn't always result in goals. It's not always uh, obvious uh, looking at the scoreline, but his play has just been absolutely, uh, he has been instrumental in this team's uh, performance, even though they were losses. Uh, he has been delivering quality, quality minutes and, and, and to me finally got rewarded for it on, on Saturday um, that goal is up for goal of the week in USL and it fully deserves it because what, what a run and, and, and what a, what a finish from to me. I'm, I'm glad to see that from him. I'm glad to see him get rewarded for all of his quality play of late. Yeah. To me is, is a workhorse, right? You, you almost never see him not running. <laughs> He's always 
whether it's tracking back, whether it's uh, chasing down a defender that has the ball, he's always running. And we saw a very good pass uh, right to his feet. He shimmies one, he shimmies the other, and then just a nice little, almost like a pass to the back of the net. And we've seen that time and time again these last few years. He He's very good on the ball. He shimmies. He he can make defenders go one way, and he goes the other. He's quick with the ball. But uh, like you said, sometimes it doesn't equal to goals. Um, we did see him being uh, very high scoring when he has a chance, um, when he has the, the players who can put the ball to his feet. But um, it was it was good to see him get a goal and and I'm looking forward to seeing him being rotated a little more. Speaking I of think it's, Oh go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm I was gonna say it's, it's a very good compliment. It's a very good opposite of what we, we have with Conway, right? Conway is a very good deadly lethal number nine. Um and Mushibani is almost like a false nine, right? It's he's someone who can drop back and not necessarily play a ten and not necessarily just be a nine. He can kind of be a mix in between and and really give defenders a run for their money. Yeah, I, I think he he played well against Seattle and and gave them some trouble there too. And hopefully he can uh, create problems up the five on Saturday because uh, we are going to Orange County and this is a team that is in a bit of a a bit of shambles right now. Did they uh, did they fire their coach, John? Do you know anything about this? Uh, yes, they have. So let me get my notes here so I make sure I'm getting everything right. So uh, Richard Chapla was their coach who um, came on midseason the year they won the championship uh, a couple years back. But he's out, and then Morton Carlson is taken over. I'm a little concerned about this because, uh, you know, typically – when a coach goes out and you get a new team, you get a little bit of a rebound. We saw this when we played Oakland last year. So um, we're going to need all the extra support in the stands as possible to make sure we don't get the coaching rebound effect this week. And you can do your part, uh, dear listeners and, and viewers, by coming to the match in Orange County Saturday. Uh, we need everybody's voices um, we have another pod to do in about five minutes. So we're going to be back. I believe Brandon is going to uh, pull the eject cord and jettison out that window to the left of him. And uh, <laughs> we will be joined by a surprise guest, a local who lives in the Pacific Northwest and who was at the game on Wednesday. So, uh, we right. might have a little more U.S. Open talk for you, but I do want to make sure uh, we get this plug in there for Orange County Saturday night. Uh, get there. We need you all there. Uh, Brandon, where, where can people find you on uh, your socials? Uh, every social is the same. It's at not not rod. So Twitter, Instagram. Uh, what else is out there? If you guys want to follow me, you guys can on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> almost every social. Yeah, let's network. <laughs> let's network. If you guys want to want to see what I do for work, but no. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, you, like I said, you can find me on Not Not Rod on Discord, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can, yeah, that's my plug. All right, John. Where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Discord at John Cross. And I want to make one last comment that if you are taking the locals bus, that four o'clock time, I just want to make sure everybody's clear, is departure time if you're going there at Balboa. So make sure you're there 3.30, 3.45. Be there early because the bus is leaving at four o'clock. That's when the duchy gets passed around. Uh, so I've heard. So get there on, plenty of time. Uh, I'm Andrew Dyer. You can find me. Uh, I'm still on Twitter. Uh, I don't know for how much longer because whew, the place is getting bad. Uh, I'm at Andrew P. Dyer. Uh, if you have a Blue Sky invite, please send it to me because I'm desperate to get the get off of that uh, Godforsaken app. It's, it's really bad right now. But, okay, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, join us for the uh, lounge uh, in four minutes now. So great. Uh, bye. Thanks, bye. guys. See ya. <laughs>